0: A new Christian bookstore and research center has opened up in the Salt Lake City area. We're going to talk about that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? In November and December of 2022, we interviewed Sandra Tanner discussing her Lighthouse Ministry research and bookstore and her upcoming retirement. You can watch those interviews on our website, whatlovesthis.tv, episodes number 15.36 and 15.37. Of course, Sandra has since retired, but the closing of her bookstore left a void which needed to be filled in our area. And after much prayer and the leading and provision of God, the void has been filled, which is the topic of today's discussion. Now, in many of our discussions on this show, we frequently quote from the website MRM.org, Mormonism Research Ministry, We've also been privileged to have as our guest on this show, both Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson from Mormonism Research Ministry. Today, Eric Johnson is our special guest, and we're going to talk about the provision God has made through MRM uh, that fills the void of Sandra Tanner's retirement and the closing of her bookstore. So welcome. Thanks for coming back, Eric. You've been on our show several times. It's always interesting.
1: Thanks for having me, Doris. Glad to be here.
0: We've got an exciting, exciting venture that that you're involved in that we wanted to talk about. And the primary reason uh, for this discussion is that we are now we we are in a needy geographical and, and religious environment. And Sandra Tanner's closing left us with nothing in the Christian bookstore Uh, realm, Um, a place where the public can go to and ask questions and find things out and look at biblical, historical biblical Christianity, as well as historical Mormonism, uh, which your bookstore fills that. Uh, So would you first explain MRM's ministry, um, its website location and contact information?
1: Well, thanks for asking that question. We've been around since 1979, founded by Bill McKeever. We we're in Southern California for many years until Bill moved to Utah in 2004. And in 2005, he found out that Sandra Tanner was working six days a week in her bookstore. And he said, well, what if I took a day? So he started to do that and uh, and ended up uh, volunteering for almost two decades. Mm-hmm. I came in 2010. Uh, to be able to continue the work that we had, I've been working with Bill since uh, 1989, so 10 years after he founded this ministry. Mm-hmm. Our ministry is twofold objectives. Number one is we want to tell Christians about what Mormonism really teaches and give them the ability to have an intelligent conversation with a Latter-day Saint that can be effective. Right. And so we do a lot of church kinds of things and and uh, and we speak to a lot of Christian groups, but also we want to do evangelism. So we have a, f- a couple of things that we do that help with that. We do have a daily radio show a podcast mm-hmm. that airs on six different stations in five states wow. uh, called Viewpoint on Mormonism. And so a lot of people listen to that Five days a week, we've been doing that since 2011. Mm-hmm. We write books. We have a website, as you mentioned, mrm.org, mm-hmm. uh, that has a lot of cutting-edge information. So, well, we we want to be a Christ honoring ministry that attempts to do what Matthew 28 says to go out to all the world and to preach the gospel. We'll but preach. if you're if you're aiming at Latter-day Saints, what better place to be than in the Salt Lake in Valley? In the middle of it, right? right. <laughs>
0: exactly. Do you find that people accept their religious teachings without testing their veracity?
1: Oh, all the time. Much of what the Mormonism is all about is praying about to see if it's true and then to believe whatever they're told.
0: But never checking out actual historical. That's
1: the problem. And the Bible says that we're supposed to test everything, Mm -hmm. 1 Thessalonians Mm -hmm. 5.21, and and that we're supposed to test the spirits to see if they are from God. And so what we're trying to do, we're not trying to be mean-spirited, but we want Latter-day Saints to be able to look at their own information, their own leaders, Mm -hmm. and to compare that with what the Bible teaches instead see if this is really true. If it's not true, then it ought not to be believed.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, some people don't really know how to check out what they believe. How do I check out what I'm being taught is true? Uh, but they have, don't have an excuse now because you have opened up the Utah Christian Research Center, which is going to give a lot of material and tools for people to be able to do that and is going to be historical. So, And we're gonna to get to that in a minute. So, so Sandra Tanner uh, closed her bookstore and she had a lot of material left in her bookstore and you and Bill and several hundred other people began praying for your vision. Explain that.
1: Well, we did not know exactly what God intended. Uh, Sandra sold the bookstore and her home right next door. Mm -hmm. It was worth a lot of money being right across the street from the ballpark. And so if we were gonna do this, we were gonna have to find our own place, which we were fine with because the area where her bookstore was located uh, had been run down with Mm -hmm. a lot of different problems there, drugs and crime and homelessness. And, uh, And so we started to think about this probably a year ago uh, before she, she closed, uh, we, we knew that she was gonna close, she told us, right. uh, and and we started to look around, where would be the best place? What kind of building would we need? What What would we do there? And we had talked about this over the years, if we ever were to have our own place, this is what we would want to do. So that's really what happened. And then in March, we sent out a newsletter to our people and said, we really wanna see if this is what God wants. Mm-hmm. Will you pray with us? and uh and then it just seemed like the gates opened up we were able to do some fundraising uh, we uh, money was coming in places that we had never imagined it would come from uh, to be able to purchase a building. We didn't want to lease Doris because yeah. who's going to own the building? Right. And three years later, not like what we're doing and toss us out. So we were going to have to own a building. And that was we're asking God a lot, but he does own the cattle on a thousand That's hills. That's right.
0: He's a big God. And
1: so, <laughs> so we did that. And, and, uh, and, and so all of this came together with, uh, with the ideas that we had. We knew what we needed and God provided that for us in the summer of 20
0: 2023 uh, and now there's contact information you you've got a nice store we've been there actually we have been down there to visit it and um we we copied your map you know but but people can google utah christian research center and find the map and the location what is the what is the website and what is the location of your store
1: well it's 579 west Galena park place and it's very important if you're going to type in the address you put place because if you put boulevard you'll not find it. Yeah. Uh, But better is just go to Google Maps. Go um, Google it and just Utah Christian Research Center. We are on there. It tells you the hours and everything else. We have a
0: map there on the screen for our viewers uh, to contact and their phone number there as well. Yeah,
1: and our website is. uh, It's just the four-letter URLs are not available, so it's Utah Christian Research Center. Dot com mm-hmm. And if you go there, that also has the information, our phone number and some of the things that we're doing at the store.
0: And, and we desperately need a book, good bookstore, Christian bookstore in this valley. So, yeah, I, I was rooting with you and praying with you on this, too, as well. And so I'm gr- very grateful that this has happened. Uh, now, this is not a regular gift, uh, Christian gift and bookstore that you, we might have experienced in the past. Why is that?
1: Well, because we, as my friend Bill says, we don't want to sell Jesus junk. Yeah. We don't want to cheapen uh, what uh, is uh, s- sacred. So we're going to have Bibles. We have a, We think we have the largest selection of Bibles in the entire state. And we have a lot of apologetic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, um, we're we going to try to feed the people information that we think they need from good sources. And so we have a wide variety of Good books on Christianity, mm-hmm. on apologetics. Uh, we do have Mormon books as well. Mm-hmm. Books on Mormonism from a Christian perspective, from a scholarly perspective. We even have some of the Tanner books that right. we are keeping uh, mm-hmm. in our library that will continue to print, like Mormonism: Shadow Reality, mm-hmm. her classic. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say this, Doris. Uh, our our bookstore is about 2,300 feet in in size, and our book store legitimately only takes up about maybe 300. 350 feet. It's not very big. And the shelves are packed. Right. But it's a small part of what we're doing. So that's what Sandra had. And we're certainly... Imitating what she has done, but we also have a lot more going on a in that store. More. So it's not just finding a book. There's there's a lot of other information that's available
0: for people. Right now, and, and let's go section by section very quickly, if we can. Um, you've got the bookstore that you've already described, where you've got the old the Bibles and apologetic material. Right. Uh, and and you also have an archaeological area, and and there's are some pictures that I took, and and they'll be put up on the screen as we talk. But it's a lovely section of old bibles, old bible pages. Would you yeah. explain and 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 the purpose to have the the old bibles there is we can trust what God promised to keep the his word.
1: When you walk through the front door of our store, you're going to not see anything on Mormonism in the first half of the store. Uh and I, so, store I'm using that word it should be center. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. center and uh, to the right when you first walk in there is an archaeological display case these are items that i have brought back from israel i go every year i take people to the holy land and every time i come back i bring back really nice pieces these are Mm -hmm. museum pieces that Mm -hmm. a museum would want and so we have that we have torah scrolls going back 350 years uh from the old testament uh, we have a section out of Esther. We have a section out of Deuteronomy 5 and 6, the Ten Commandments, and the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Uh, we have Genesis 1. We're trying to show how they transmitted the text. And, mm-hmm. and even 300 years ago, they are being very precise. There are rules that the scribes called sophers would have, have, including uh, they were, were doing this not by memory. They were actually using an official version, and they would write it down. And so there was very good transmission. We also have have, um, like you mentioned, the Bibles. We have an English Bible section where we're explaining where the Bible came from. Uh, John Wycliffe was the one who first translated the Bible into English, and mm-hmm. then he died. And then uh, the printing press came out in 1455, Gutenberg. Uh, that's changed everything. The Protestant Reformation a few years later was able to take place with Martin Luther because when yeah. he nails the 95 theses on the Wittenberg door, uh, if it hadn't been for the printing press, they wouldn't have been able to lay those out on and, and, and send it through the countryside. It caused the Reformation to take place. And then in the 1500s, over a dozen versions of the Bible were translated into English. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most popular ones was the Geneva Bible, 1560.
0: One we have those. a page
1: from 1562. Mm-hmm. Uh, the King James Bible was was uh, printed in 1611. I have a page from the 1611 uh, uh fourth edition from from that year that's on our wall. And so I have whole editions of the Bible. We have a 1634 King James Version. We have a uh, 1615 Geneva Bible. Think about that. Over 400 years old, the Geneva Bible was used by the pilgrims. They came over in 1620. This is 1615. It could have been on the Mayflower for all we know. I mean, this is just amazing when you think about the ability to be able to purchase these kinds of items today that are authentic, and how this Bible that is all these different translations when you look at one translation of the next, they're saying the same thing. They're saying the
0: same thing. What effect does this have on skeptics when they come in and see that it really has been transmitted, translated correctly?
1: And that's our goal, is to show them how well the Bible has been put together. I mean, uh, I think it has an effect. And not that we've had a lot of Mormons coming in, but for the Christians who are coming in, to show them some of the the pages uh, that are photocopies, like... For instance, the Bodmer Papyrus uh, was uh, a page from the book of John, chapter 18, Mm -hmm. from 125 A.D. uh, And when you think about when in Mormonism, they have what's called the eighth article of faith. The the Bible is true as far as it is translated correctly. When you ask a Latter-day Saint, what does that mean? They, they will say, well, you know, these guys got in and changed things. The scribes, the priests, corrupt priests, that's what Joseph Smith said. Yeah. But the problem is there were over 5,000 Greek manuscripts. There were over 24,000 manuscripts in other languages. As early as, I'm telling you, 125 at least mm-hmm. A.D. And we have whole copies of the Bible by the 4th century. All of these different uh, pieces are copies of copies of copies. We don't have the original, but... For that matter, we don't have the original of the Book of Mormon either. either. It's no, gone. We, we don't. don't know what it said. Right. And so we have to trust that what Joseph Smith supposedly translated from the Reformed Egyptian, yeah. if there even e- is such a language, is is true. So I think that has an effect. And when they see these, these Torah scrolls and how they lined it, they had to line it before they would write in it. And it looks like it's a computer-generated work. And to realize that was just being done 300 years ago. But you take the Dead Sea Scrolls. There were 11 caves uh, discovered, but the first cave was probably the most important. The entire book of Isaiah, the great scroll Mm -hmm. of Isaiah, dated 125 BC and it predated the earliest manuscripts we had uh, by over a thousand years, the Masoretic text. And when you look at that and you say, why Isaiah? Well, I think why Isaiah? God had Isaiah preserved because it has prophecies about Jesus Was uh, Isaiah just lucky or did he have inside information on Isaiah 53 and then who God is, Isaiah 43, 44, and 45, Mm -hmm. the idea that God says over and over again, I am God, there is no other, I don't know of any other God. Mm -hmm. That seems kind of strange, Doris. If God had a God before him and he worshiped that God, did he forget who his God was? Right. That he had brother gods and sister gods out there as well? It makes no sense. Isaiah seems to be the one New Testament, or the Old Testament book, that best goes against what Mormonism exactly. teaches as far exactly. as that goes. So, well, yeah. We're just trying to show the, <laughs> the efficacy of the Bible. It's worthy to be trusted. And we have a saying that's exactly. right above our biblical exactly. case, the Bible, it's a story about real people and real places and real events. Mm-hmm. We don't have to figure out which continent it was found right. on. We can actually go to Israel today and we can go to Caesarea, we can go to Jerusalem and Bethlehem and the junk that they left behind and the, the events that took mm-hmm. place, very clear that the Bible is, you don't have to believe that Jesus is God. You don't have to believe that he's a Messiah, but you certainly have to believe that the events talked about in the Bible are part of the archeology. span
0: and so you've got a lot of the old material, biblical materials to to back up what God said, that He his word would endure forever. Right. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Right. But now you've got an old section also on Mormonism, on polygamy. And of course, polygamy is our focus here. What have you got there that the person, the person from a polygamy group or the Mormon church wants to know more about? Mormon polygamy, what have you got? And
1: we're going through the history. We're talking about the first vision in the back room. We're talking about uh, the uh, gold plates, the weight of the gold plates, and Joseph Smith carrying those uh, several miles, uh, and how impossible that would be, about how he translated. Uh, A decade ago, a lot of Latter-day Saints did not know that he used a seer stone in a hat. So we're kind of going through the history. We go through the book of Abraham. And then on a wall, we have a a story about 33 wives that Joseph Smith had. And so we do have that. And then in a bookcase, we have a variety of books. I brought a few of them with me today and just to show you. uh, For instance, this one is called Wife Number 19, a full expose of Mormonism by and Eliza Young. This is a first edition. In fact, the books that I have here are pretty much all first edition old, copies. Old, old
0: books. And we're going
1: to—they're we're, not going to be able to pull them out and have you look at them. You can certainly buy this book even today. This is probably the most popular book on yeah. the uh, on the bad things that took place with yeah, polygamy. Yeah, I've but she, a lot of times. On she this does show, an yeah. incredible job here to explain to us. What exactly was taking place? Uh, I mean, I have. Uh, and it books. was written
0: during the time that, that uh, you know, oh, the 1800, yeah. late mid to late 1800s. E- exactly. Most of these books. Yeah, that was, got. this was
1: uh, printed in 1876. I love the cover, uh, um, uh, not the cover, the, uh, the inside page. It says, Wife number 19, or the story of a life in bondage being a complete expose of Mormonism and revealing the sorrows, sacrifices, and sufferings of women in polygamy by Ann Eliza Young, yeah. Brigham Young's apostate wife. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And the, I mean, so the, back then they did, when they did a title, they didn't just do four or five yeah. words, they did the whole thing. Yeah. And I mean, this is a picture of uh, of her inside here and just the sadness of of how she was approached by brigham young when he was in his 60s and she was a teenager and he already was telling the mother uh that that boy that he she's hanging around with he's bad company don't have anything to do with that that boy mm-hmm. because he was courting her even in the 60s and, right. and this man's eventually is going to have over 50 wives yeah. and the things yeah. i mean so she tells a story and uh in fact uh, there's a lot of controversy with her because she gave Brigham a run for his money, and he ends up getting sued, and he loses. He's going to have to pay for her alimony for the rest of her life. Just, just mm-hmm. an incredible story. But <laughs> yeah, we have other books too. We've got the women of Mormonism, polygamy, or the mysteries and crimes of Mormonism. That's all the of one these
0: nineteenth century. This is, <laughs> yeah. ni- you
1: know, the nineteenth century. This, this one here, this is a really interesting one. This is called the Mormon Wife. And it was uh, produced by uh, Mrs. Alice young um, uh Stenhouse did a book. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Tell it all. And yeah, Fanny, Fanny
1: Stenhouse. And yeah. she is a, she, she's a live wire as well. Tell it all. You're right. The story of a life's experience in Mormonism uh, for more than 20 years, the wife of a Mormon missionary and elder. And uh, Harriet Beecher Stowe uh, wrote the preface here. This is dated 1875, first well, edition. Mm-hmm. So we we just want to have some books there to explain how a lot of Latter-day Saints will say, oh, you know, it was well accepted back then. That was just kind of the way they did things. And this was not the no. way that normal society operated. It caused a lot of problems for the LDS Church. And, and,
0: and they all have negative stories in yep. them. And but if, if it was something God had wanted for them to do commanded it for for heaven and so on wouldn't their stories have been a little bit happier
1: Uh, You know, you're right on that, Doris, because if polygamy was God's intention, then you would seem seem to think that you're going to read stories in the Bible of how well that worked out for Solomon and David, how well it worked out for even Abraham. I mean, Hagar and And, and and Samuel's,
0: and Samuel's mother.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have all these different bad stories. So the Bible talks about how God allowed for that. But it wasn't ever a command of God. And then if it was meant for us in the 19th century or even in the 20th and 21st century, you would think you're right, that it's going to seem to go really well. But you see so much despair. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can see that even in the 21st century as we look at the FLDS church, for instance. exactly The terrible things that people have had to go through. They suffered because... Uh, men had seventy-five wives, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and and the leaders uh, took all the wives. And you have the lost boys, you know, I'm lost talking about, boys. and you yeah. have all of yeah. that. I mean, why would you have all of this if this is God's intended best?
0: Exactly right. That's a, that's very impressive. You have all those there. People can come down and look at them, and and you'll have you have a, other things there as well. You you have an old Mormon plate uh, where there's like Improvement Era and some of those other where they've got all their publications.
1: We have a library, and it's off to the right. It's probably not a room that will get used that often, but we wanted to make it available to the public. It's not a checkout library, but a library you can come in and look at. So you, uh, you
0: can study while you're there. You we can we encourage that you. We even
1: have a computer there. Mm -hmm. You can come out to our main table in the main room and you can pull the books out and lay them out. A lot of these books are available online, but I'm old school and I like to have the physical book in front of me. I like to see page numbers. Mm -hmm. You can certainly find a lot of these books, uh, you know, all over the place, but I just have a hard time reading those. And so we do have Uh, pretty much all of the improvement eras from the early 1900s all the way until 1970. And then in 1971 they started what's called the Ensign Magazine. That went through 2019. We have every edition. What's valuable about that, Doris, is it has the May and the November Uh, issues that have the General Conference and General Conference is a place where they're giving doctrine and so we have all of that available Uh, plus we have a lot of their apologetic works written by a variety of BYU scholars and other apologists we have their own curriculum a ton of their curriculum because they are really good at putting together books on for their seminary and institute for their kids mm-hmm. uh and then just for the adults like they did uh, over 20 years they did uh, um, a, a a series on uh, the well it was about 20 years the uh the presence of the church teachings of the presence of the church yeah. we have mm-hmm. all of those mm-hmm. we've got um b- besides that we have a lot of their own history history of the church seven yeah. volumes mm-hmm. comprehensive history of the church six volumes we've got uh writings from all of the leaders, all of the different uh, general authorities. So we want them to be able to look at that in original source format. And then we also have Christian books as well.
0: So when you named it the Utah Christian Research Center, you meant it when you said research. Yeah,
1: we really, well, that's our middle name. And we had to have, we had to have research in there somewhere. It was funny, Doris, we we were just, Bill and I were sitting down one day and we said, what do we call this thing? Because we're now getting serious. We're starting to find some places, but nothing was right yet until we found this one place. We have the entire first floor of a commercial building with tons of parking that we can do events and other things. Mm -hmm. But what were we going to call this thing? Well, we wanted to start with Utah, as other ministries have done, uh, including the Utah Lighthouse. We wanted to start with Utah, and then we wanted to have um, the word research in there because that is important for what we're going to do. And We're Christian. Yeah. So that it just kinda came together and so we were trying to Utah Research Christian. No, no, no. Utah Christian research. And then we had a hard time coming up with the last one. But we liked center Mm -hmm. because yes, we do have a bookstore, but it's not just a bookstore as I mentioned. We do have a library. We do have a museum. We have artifacts. We have things on walls. We have a lot of things available. And a classroom as well. I ought to point that yeah, out. We're going to be just... doing a lot of teaching in the next year, starting in twenty twenty-four. We are going to be doing um, uh, regular teaching throughout the year. And, and how
0: are you going to let people know the topic and the and the the topic and the timing of your?
1: Well, one thing we do have an email. Uh, uh, newsletter that goes out once a month that is just on the on the store it's not connected to our our newsletter uh, mormonism research they can get on that uh, uh, they can also uh, go to our website. We're going to have a calendar there. that We're, we're not starting until uh, later in 2024, but we are going to begin very soon. And uh, we're going to have a variety of people besides Bill and myself. We're going to have people come in. I've asked you if you would come in and maybe speak on polygamy one, one day. Mm-hmm. And so people can come. We have about 35 chairs. So uh, we're not sure how that's going to work. If somebody... Is so popular they bring in 50 we We'll have to park them in the side rooms but we'll do whatever we can because we want this to be a place that a church might not want to do because maybe they don't want to get involved in the controversy or people don't go to a church that they don't know yeah but they might come to a neutral site yeah. like the like the center that we're hoping this will uh be in oh we're going to be open arms no condemnation if you're lds and you want to come and visit uh, you're welcome. We're not going to uh, right. talk down yeah. to you or anything else. We want you to be able to find the information that we think exactly. we have available. Exactly.
0: That's the whole thing. Just like you mentioned at the beginning, test everything and hold on to that, which is good. That's God's command. And you're making it possible and providing the information that they can test. Yes. So uh, we're, we are running out of time now. Of course, time goes by fast with this. Uh, you, you had a pre-grand opening, and then you had a general ground opening. How did that go?
1: It went well. Well, uh, our first day we had over forty people wow. come on the on the uh, on the uh, open house, and so we're averaging four, five, six people a day. But mm-hmm. we would welcome anybody if you have not seen it yet, or if you saw the. The open house, yeah, we've changed things. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, it's going to be a work in progress. We continue to sure. to develop. Uh, we have wall space we're trying to maximize. But, yeah, we'd love to have anybody come in and check out what we have. Uh, if we if we have time, we'd love to give you a tour as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks, Eric. I appreciate you coming and sharing all of this. It's, it's great, great goldmine of information in these books, and and also the history of the Bible, which I think is so important in this environment, this Mormon environment, that don't trust the Bible. And with polygamists, too. They they trust the Bible even less yes. than the LDS church does. So, so thanks, Eric, for coming, and we urge all of our viewers, give it a try. They are in Draper. Uh, you're within, what, an hour of, of most of the population? of. That's a great uh, the, point.
1: Over 70% of the entire state of Utah is with an hour drive yeah. and most people within half an hour. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so. so this is very central. Draper is as central as you can get Mm -hmm. to the majority Mm -hmm. of the population.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, okay, so we urge you to go check it out, see what they've got, order a book. You'll order books for them if if they need it, if it's available.
1: Yes, but hopefully we have it in stock, that we'll be able to sell them right away.
0: Okay, so go down and visit them and see what they've got. And we thank you for watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? And you might learn something about polygamy when you go there too. Thank you for watching.
1: call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.